Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's an S-Pod thing. The podcast revisiting S-Club 7's insane TV show. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone's binge-watched this. Anyone who's not on drugs. <laughs> Thank you for bringing this into my life. Uh, it was honestly <laughs> truly appalling. Guests helped me analyse the show in more detail than anyone ever asked for. It feels weird to me to say the phrase sex object in a show that <laughs> was aimed at six-year-olds. Do you think Do you think this is one of the problems of this show is that seven is too much? It's an S-Pod thing from Great Big Owl. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. All of television history is contained in the Box of Delights. Hello, I'm Julia Rayside. Each episode, my guest chooses a favourite TV memory to talk about. Joining me today is the writer and podcaster, Chris Thorpe-Tracy. Chris, hello. Hello. Thanks for coming. Um, what have you brought to talk about today? I've brought with me a wonderful, horrible, heartbreaking scene from the darkest later era of Buffy the Vampire. Nice. Okay. I think I could have guessed you're a Buffy fan if you hadn't said it. Oh yeah, I think I mean that in a good way. I de- oh no, and I really I'm not I'm not embarrassed about it. Good, I definitely have. I can't that. bear the concept of a guilty pleasure. It's pleasure. Although we went back and watched the first season fairly recently. Oh yeah, and we're a little disappointed with the first season. And Has I it think dated? it. Yeah, it's not even dated. It's I mean the language that they kind of invented and the a lot of what they did has become normal, hasn't it? Yeah, so, uh, no, absolutely. Therefore, it just is a feisty early series of a new show that you don't know if it's going to be successful or yes, not. Yes, I suppose so. And um, with hindsight, yes, it's still you can still see that it was finding its feet, yeah. as all shows do. So it's based on a film, Joss Whedon. Uh, the series came after the film, right? It's yeah, and the film's rubbish. The film. Okay, I haven't seen the film. And it's a different actress Never need playing to. Buffy. Ah, uh, okay. So from 97 to 2003, Sarah Michelle Gellar played Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Joss Whedon's unbelievably successful TV show. There's been spin-offs, merchandise. It's soaked into our culture. It has a hugely successful kind of comic book universe and all right. of that stuff. It's one of those shows that people, two things about it. One, that it redefined TV, especially TV for young people. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's the first of the great teen vampire shows and yeah. it defines the moral compass of all the vampire shows that come afterwards. Yeah, and but a also, lot of teen shows that came after it. Yeah, it just was It was so influential, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, I'm a big fan of Veronica Mars. Oh, and Veronica yeah. Mars is basically Buffy without, without the powers. Without the blood. Yeah, and if she was a <laughs> Kristen Bell. So the moment you want to talk about is very sad. Yeah. It's very sad. And it sticks out in all sorts of ways differently from the show. I want to talk about Tara's death. <gasps> So this is a prominent sort of storyline because it's a lesbian relationship 
1990, well, whenever it was. What year is the episode we're talking about? Oh. Do we know vaguely? It's oh, I don't 97, even know. 2003. But anyway, it was it turn of the millennium. It would be about 2001, 2002. Yeah. And even then, depictions of just a normal relationship between two women or two men was still like, it would be a storyline about them being gay. And this seemed to be about two people being in love, the end. Like in so many aspects of yeah. growing young adult morality and sexual mores and behaviour, yeah. Buffy was way ahead of its time. It was really ahead of its time. Although, obviously, and this happens again and again in our sort of popular culture, if two women are in love and happy, one of them must die. So Which that's what really we're looking at here. really problematic. Yeah, um, no, it is. And... I hadn't even considered it until I went back to look at the no, scene again. No, exactly. And there's some online discussion about that. Yeah. Oh, and loads. I just yeah, yeah, yeah. remembered it as being a brilliant piece of TV and yes. heart, utterly heartbreaking. I don't, think, I don't think it takes anything away from it. I think it was probably one of the early instances I heard of. There, I've, I've, there's been lots of um, internet chat since about... Um, there was a um, brilliant Last Tango in Halifax, the um, drama with Sarah, Sarah Lancashire. And, show. Yeah, and there was a lesbian couple in that. One of them had to die and come back as a ghost. Richard Curtis, apparently, there's a subplot that was eventually edited out of Love Actually, which was two middle-aged lesbians. One of them had to die. It's like, well, kill thank God. the lesbian, kill thank the God they lesbian. they edited it out because the rest of Love Actually isn't problematic in the slightest. <laughs> no, no, it's, it all turned out in well no in the way end. way has... Um, gender mores that we should be worried about exactly but it's i think it is it's something that seems to happen obviously unselfconsciously you're just writing a story and then someone and, and joss whedon said you know at the time he got criticism for it and he said she had to die that character had to die to then the, the more important character was willow who'd been it from the start it was in every episode she had to go on this very dark journey and the only thing to release the darkness within her because she was a witch and stuff was the death of the person she loved and it's just one of those things but yes it did it kicked up a load of old at the time and you know you can understand why but I think there's been a lot of interviews with certainly with Joss Whedon and with the girl who played Tara and they were all like, no, this was just narrative driven. It just worked. Yeah, so I hadn't clocked any of that. In fact, even when I chose a scene and yeah. I was thinking, because the way you ask about scenes is about impact. Yeah. And it is one of those scenes that had a huge impact on me at the time. And, and it's mm. very gothic and very sort of big. There's no shying away from the, the supernatural elements. They just go for it in Buffy. Sometimes I think of it as like a teen comedy with the odd bit of Well, see, this is what's brilliant about the scene. So there is a resentful young man yeah. who runs into the scene and they've got a kind of a domestic scene and it's not even a confrontation with Tara and Willow. Tara and Willow are inside a house upstairs yeah. and I think it's Buffy and Xander are downstairs yeah. outside in the garden and this guy runs in. Now, everyone involved has played with magic for years at yes. this point. Yes, they're either they vampire killers, witches, their familiars, they're what's um, Giles, he's, he's like a the guardian, isn't he? Yeah, a the guardian, someone who watches the yeah. vampire killer, make sure she's okay. And yeah, they're so all they, involved. We live in that kind of a world. And then what happens when the guy runs in and he's livid is he just pulls out a gun and oh. tries to shoot. Buffy, I think, or brilliantly prosaic, just bang. and then a stray bullet goes through the window and kills oh. Tara. You think you could just do that to me? You think I'd let you get away with that? <laughs> think again. Your shirt, Tara. Sweet fancy Moses, where the hell did he? Oh God, Tara, baby. Baby, come on! Get him up! Buffy! 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 No! 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 
the thing that got me was not seeing it coming and it being so prosaic that even though the Buffy world has a lot of elements that feel quite realistic and feel like this feels like a real populated proper world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a gun. It's yeah. so American and it's so normal and yeah. it's so nothing. The, the it even it happens very fast. It's not the dying doesn't doesn't happen. No, it's it, awful. No, it's, no, it's dreadful. It's really heartbreaking. And Alison Hannigan's her performance is immaculate. It, it is it's amazing, huge. isn't it? And, but they've done that all the way through. Completely. They've done that thing where they can do all the sarcastic, snarky teenage banter. Yeah. They can do the kind of comedy of it being a vampire show that sometimes everyone's chewing scenery. Yeah, yeah. But for when sure. it matters, they all act brilliantly yeah and they mean it they 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 yeah they mean it at exactly the right moments Aww. one of my other favorite scenes that kind of ties in with this is the musical episode ah which is is it once more with feeling yeah where the musical takes place within the reality of the show so that's unlike every other musical because in musicals you don't know that you've just broken no into no song. no exactly but what Whedon does there is that they know they've broken into song and told the truth about what they're doing yeah and given the game away but they can't stop themselves because of demons it's incredible chunks of that leading up to that bit of Buffy Tara is the most normal prosaic human yeah. straightforward thing she's average and she's got a bit life. of a stammer and she's kind yeah, of a bit nervous yeah. and she's just kind of a gal yeah there was a great version in London a few years ago maybe a decade ago now which was put together by Kate Nash and Emmy the Great really yeah <gasps> I didn't see it but oh, it was a, no. and it, I think it was just a one nighter but it was oh, all their man. kind of trendy indie friends but it may I may, even though because I don't know the Buffy universe that well I know of that episode I know even in terms of a TV show that was just ridiculous an American network TV show suddenly bursting into song no one else had done that I think Moonlighting did like a Shakespearean episode where they oh, just right, made yeah. it all uh, this kind of cheese yeah. dream kind of like Tame Me the Shoe it was incredible but to step out of your world like that and just do something crazy it's just it's, it's exciting that TV does that sometimes oh and then the songwriting's so good yeah and then the performances are so they do that thing of honest performances so yeah. for people who can't sing still just really give it a go because they just believe what yeah. they're saying and this predates Glee by years. Yeah, I mean, this yeah, is yeah. Like, it's so iconic. It's such a brilliant episode. And then just the underlying conceit that they know that they're singing and they can't stop. And then each of them gives <laughs> the game away of what their motivations are in the song. Yes. So they can't hide anything from yeah. each other. It's, it's like uh, peep it's show. You're kind of hearing yeah. their brain. You get, really the, you get the brain fart of the of the song. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's, yeah, it's awesome. Oh, lovely. Well, I'm sorry that someone had to die for this podcast to happen, but she wasn't real, so it's all right. But yeah, I think Buffy's something I feel like I need to know more about because uh, every friend I truly value is a massive fan and keeps trying to grab my collar and say, watch more, watch more. So I would say also watch more and watch it, like do the full run. If, okay. I mean, you're saying, telling people to do the Start full run. Start at the beginning. Of, Don't skip. seven or eight seasons. <gasps> See, my shoulders go up know, with the idea like, of the, oh. how many seasons are yeah. there? <laughs> but it doesn't really get good until maybe halfway through season two. Okay. It's got that thing of it, it's one of those shows that finds its feet. Yeah. And yeah, when yeah. it finds its feet, it's brilliant. And then later on, and it's around this same time, it's where people, it's where stuff really gets dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where people split. So some people don't like it so much yeah. at the end and other people like it even more. I have seen a couple of episodes of, is it Angel, the spin-off? Yeah, I never watched Bored Angel. the arse off me. Yeah. So I won't take that as like a, a, because clearly it's so playful. The original series is so playful and so intelligent and so full of passion and life. And it just sounds like something I would really like. I do know people who love Angel. but Really? Yeah. Who, do you who, like who, them or you just know them? No, I, okay. I, <laughs> I can't remember. You can't say, you can't say. They'll, they'll, Are they, they people I really like or people I just showbiz like? I can't remember. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. There's a huge difference. Chris, thank you so much for bringing that with you. Um, no, it's please, awesome. Before you go, thank will you, you have for a... letting me blah, blah, blah about Buffy. Oh, I love it when you blah, blah, blah. It's always fun. Please delve into the box of delights. What was your Saturday morning show? Ah. I'm a really late starter with okay. telly. We didn't have a telly until I was in double figures. Yeah. Like 11 or 12 or something. Yeah. We grew up, in fact, we grew up without a telly and a telephone. Oh, God. And we only got a telephone because I got badly injured in the street. <laughs> oh, my and, God. Uh, the woman who rescued me and took me to hospital had to phone a neighbour of my oh, mum whose man. number I knew. Yeah, that's impractical. So that's why we got a telephone. Mm. And so my, I think my go-to Saturday show is CD UK. CD UK. So and this is Anton Deck. Anton Deck and Cat Dealey. Cat Dealey. SMTV was the silly bit first. Wonky Donkey, was that on SMTV yeah, or CD so. UK? Yeah. That can't be quite true. We must have watched Going Live. Maybe. So maybe you I did. should say Going Live because we did watch it. That's what Philip. Philip's going to Emma Forbes. Oh, Emma Forbes. Um, but then before her, was it was somebody else. Emma Forbes used to come on and do cooking and then they right. liked her so much they paired her up with Got Philip it. Schofield. Right. And that worked really well. Did that have Trev and Simon on it? Yes, it did. Swinging their pants and all that. So I loved Trev and Simon. They were probably brilliant. might have been my first comedy, you know, in terms of like just people being comedians rather than being characters or acting. I mean, mean, they were characters, obviously. But yeah, I think it was my first sort of proper comedy They kind of predate um, Vic and Bob a bit, don't they? For me, they did. They're really silliness. Yeah. Also, that ties in with the early 90s indie thing. So they were were cool enough that indie bands were mates with them and stuff. Yes, exactly. Or they'd come and do a bit with them on the show or something. Oh, look, here's the Wonder Stuff and here's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> My uh, favourite CD UK story is that when I used to work in the building where they were recording SMTV and CD UK, which I did right towards the end, it must have been just before it finished. I remember going down and someone in the office I was working saying, oh, we can go down to the studios and watch them doing this. I was like, oh, that'd be amazing. Like, But pre-recorded somebody who couldn't be there on the day. Yeah. And it was Jerry Halliwell. Oh, wow. And, um, and she was doing one of her Spanish-flavoured dance numbers and all of her gorgeous latino backing dancers these men these beautiful probably shirtless men were all midgets they were tiny because they employed them to make her look tall oh wow so she <laughs> it deliberately was had tiny backing dancers it was fascinating That's the magic so of television rude. imagine I know. I know right have you had the cat Dealey interview with slash from guns and roses no on it must have been cd uk yeah and cat Dealey interview slash and she said she cues him up for an anecdote about his snake. Okay. And but the anecdote is like, oh, and then my snake bit the fuck out of my arm. And he says blowjob as well in the same. He basically it's absolutely terrible. And he just but none of it's aggressive, nasty swearing. No, He's just telling a story. Casual talk. And he has clearly misunderstood the context. Like they're in a fake bar. It's all casual. She's oh, asking no. about his sla- snake. It's like. It's that kind of an interview, <laughs> but he hasn't realised. I don't think he's realised, and he's certainly—he's not maliciously anyway. No, whatever just, it was, he's just, it's he can't so see funny. From behind the and bloody they, hair, yeah, it's brilliant. Doesn't know where he is, what it time was, of day I, it is. I was more shocked. So I must, that must be my generation because I was more shocked than that by that time that the kid said. Why are you so shit to five star? Which <laughs> to I was five watching. Star, yes. Is that on Saturday Superstore? It was on one of those. See, going we're going like back further. Going then. Back. Yeah, so maybe yeah. we did have a TV early enough for like. Mm. You've just you're just pretending Superstore. to because it suits your idiom. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a TV. I lived in a cave. What I loved is CD UK where we got to see actual bands. It was great. Yeah, it yeah. was top of the pops that was even pop. Yeah. I was still watching when Pop World was on. Yeah. Like much more recently. Oh God, I was Astor. obsessed yeah. with that. That yeah. was like the last chopper out of Nam in terms of seeing a band on television. Now that there's almost nowhere to do that that was an excellent analogy thanks man casually dropping in that was the last <laughs> chopper out of Nam. 
and now they've all gone and we're just stuck hey, you're here. A 75 year old former <laughs> military general. Yeah, that worm was the last chopper out of now. Chris, thanks for coming. Bye. Bye bye bye. Thanks for listening. You can find links to the YouTube clips from today's episode on our Twitter feed at Box Delights Pod. Come and say hello. Bye. McDonald's. And I'm Ellie Gibson. And this is our new show, Extra Life. It's basically us talking to funny people about video games. When I was a kid, it was Grand Theft Auto. There's Sinclair ZX Spectrum. We talk about the games people remember from when they were kids and what they're playing now. Guitar Hero. The Last of Us 2. Combat on the Atari 2600. No, I love Pokemon. Anyway, find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Extra Life. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.